Come on, Peter. This is soon. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm gonna take care of you? But when you die. And she wasn't altogether there. At the end. stress on my family. It's the halfway point of movie month. Yes, it's my fifth annual movie month in which 30 days I watch 30 movies and do 30 podcasts like this one right here. Have you ever gone to an early movie, maybe like a 12.30 p.m. movie, a matinee, uh, and while you're heading into the theater, see someone walking out of the theater at that time? Well, if you did that today in Methuen, you would have seen me. Because this morning, yes, this morning, I went to a 9.45 a.m. screening of a movie. I didn't even know that they aired movies this early in movie theaters. But I was looking, I was going to say I was looking in the paper. I was not looking in the paper. I looked online to see what movies were showing today, see what movies were showing fairly early. And... I saw this one showing at 9.45, and I've heard a lot about it. I've seen some good press on it. It's the brand new movie, this freaky scary horror movie called Hereditary, okay, starring Tony Collette, you know, from a bunch of different things. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is in it as well. Also starring the kid from Jumanji, the one that turns into The Rock. His name is Alex Wolf, and I feel like you're going to, See more from him, not just from Jumanji, but showing that the guy has a lot of range. He was in Jumanji a little bit, whereas in this movie, he played a major, major part and had to do all kinds of uh, interesting and I would say difficult acting. 
The movie's brand new. I mean, it came out last week. So I'm not going to spoil anything up front. I will warn you when I get to the spoilers and you can stop listening at that point, if you're still listening. Uh, But basically, the movie is about Toni Collette, who lost her mother at the beginning of the movie. And she wasn't quite sure how she'd feel about it. She went to uh, a support group and um, she met some people there. Uh, She met a person there that tries to help her with some stuff. Uh, She also goes through some other tragedy in the movie. Um, And just just a lot of deep, uh, dark things uh, happen. And there are scary moments. You think is, you know, there's something more going on with the grandmother. They tease it at the beginning and they really let you have it at the end. And you have to kind of, at least for myself, you have to question what was happening. In other words, were we just seeing a woman mentally break down? Was what she was um, experiencing actually happening or was she thinking it was happening and we are going along with her? I think they call that the unreliable narrator where you can only see the movie or the story through this person's eyes and you kind of have to believe what you're seeing or at least you're led to believe what you're seeing um, and then you have to figure out for yourself if what you actually saw was what actually was happening. So there was a lot of that. There was, um, there were jumps, you know, there were moments where I would, I, I had my hat almost covering my eyes. Um, there were freaky moments, scary moments, uh, sad moments. You know, there really wasn't a lot of, uh, fun in this movie, I'd say. Um, even like a real creepy part, Gabriel Byrne said a line and that was, that gave me a chuckle just because it was so absurd. Um, and I don't know how much more I can even talk about this without really spoiling anything. Um, I do want to give credit to Tony Collette who was awesome acting in this movie. Actually, all the, all the acting was awesome. The son, Alex Wolf, uh, the daughter, her name is Millie Shapiro. I, I think this is really her first movie. She was in something, some kind of documentary. I don't know if it was anti-bullying or something like that. Um, but this is really her first movie role. She, I think she might have done stage uh, work before that. But she played like an awkward young teenager. And she did a good job. She, was, she had some spooky moments herself, just the way she acted. And the director. The, this movie was written and directed by a guy named Ari, or Ari, Astor. Um, and I have to tell you something. This is his first movie as well. I looked up on IMDb. He's done a bunch of short movies. And this is his first feature-length movie. He both wrote and directed. He did a bunch of shorts. So that's obviously, obviously he caught someone's attention or did something cool. Uh, not that I'm not aware of it, but this should be a big launching pad for him. I hope so, because I thought he knocked it out of the park with the with the thriller aspect and the creep aspect. What do, what do I mean by the creep aspect? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to warn you now, here come the spoilers, okay? So if you haven't seen this movie and you want to see this movie and you don't want to be spoiled, it's time to stop, all right? The ending of this friggin' movie was bonkers, okay? Now, I went to a 945 showing when... 
there were four people there. I was probably the only one there under the age of 60. Okay, under the age of 50. No, I'm, I'm sure under the age of 60. And so I've been kind of, when the movie ends, I take my phone out and I sit there and I watch the, the credits. Look, this isn't the type of movie that has after credits, but for some reason I find myself doing it. When I got up at the end, I was the only one in the theater. And I have to say it spooked me out a little bit just because the movie was spooky and the movie ending was outrageous. Okay, spoiler time. So we see right away that there's something more with this grandmother. Okay, she has a weird necklace. There's some weird dude kind of smiling at uh, Charlie, the the granddaughter, at the funeral. I mean, the dude was weird and um, it just kind of, it kicked things off for a, a mystery that you weren't quite sure of. Um, and nobody in the family seemed particularly sad that this woman had passed away. They didn't even really want to go to the funeral, it seemed like. They were all kind of, you know, slow to get ready. Uh, and when Tony Collette's uh, character, Annie, went home and kind of went through some of her mother's stuff, she found a book on, like, spiritualism or conjuring things. Uh, and, like, right away she looks in the corner of the room and you look like you see the grandmother like a kind of an outline of her freaky right away you're like uh oh this house is haunted it's ghosts then you hear a uh, call from the cemetery that a grave had been desecrated and um you start to think oh there's some weird maybe some weird cult or some weird witches or something you know that took the grandmother's grave i'm assuming this is what i'm assuming as i see it um we start to learn a little bit more about uh, Annie's relationship with her mother when she is at the um, support group and she gives a nice little speech. Uh, it's actually a nice little monologue that, that Tony Collette does. Just talking about how her family is and how she's not close to her mother. And she mentioned how she, you know, um, her brother committed suicide and basically blamed his mother, their mother for putting someone inside of him. Um, then they weren't close and then they uh, ended up taking her in as she was getting sick. Uh, but she didn't let them, uh, Annie didn't let the grandmother anywhere near their first son, their child. Um, and he felt bad about that. So she did let her near, uh, the granddaughter, Charlie. She said like, you know, she kind of got her hooks into her. So they, they became really close. And it, thinking back on that now, it kind of uh, makes the end of the movie make a little more sense. Uh, so as the movie kind of creeps along, uh, tragedy happens again. This time, uh, the son has to take, ends up having to take his sister to a party. Uh, she eats some chocolate cake and gets a kind of goes into an anaphylactic shock. He tries to rush her home. She sticks her head out the window. I, was, I just felt this coming. And he kind of swerved because there was a dead animal on the road. And she smashed her head against the pole. This part was so tense to me because of the way it was shot. It was not gruesome in any way. In fact, the, the, the son, the brother, never looked back. We just looked at him. He sat there. It was like, oh, my God, she's dead. It was kind of freaky how they did it because then he drove home. He walked in the house. He went to bed. He didn't do anything. And we just stayed with him in bed while we heard his mother get up, his mother 
go out to the car to go to work, and then his mother freak the F out. Then we get the kind of gratuitous shot, boom, back to back to the the road, and a head just kind of lying there in the road, all covered in ants and bugs, and that was pretty pretty gruesome. Probably the most gruesome part of the movie, um, just seeing that head. And so, I mean, from there, the 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 mother is, you know, she's just completely depressed. The son's depressed because he's he's blaming himself. You got Gabriel Byrne in the middle trying to make sense of his family. Uh, Tony Collette ends up going back to this support group, but she never goes inside. And instead, she kind of uh, gets approached by a woman who... You know, just saying, oh, do you want to go inside? I recognize you. And, you know, playing a coy. This woman, Joni. Um, I had a feeling right away that there was something more to her. Uh, the The fact that she showed up, we saw her twice show up, um, you know, where Annie was. I thought there's obviously more to her. There's something going on here. Um, and she kind of tells her how, what happened to her, how she lost someone in her family, if you ever want someone to talk to. She ends up talking, they end up connecting again. And um, this time, oh, they end up just hanging out for a while. And then uh, they end up connecting, seeing each other again. And the next time she's like, oh, I I saw a medium. I I met a medium. Uh, And we did see something in the mail about, you know, contacting the dead. Something came through the mail slot. I don't know if that was pushed in there afterwards to try to move things along by someone in the cult group. We'll get to that. Um, but basically this woman, Joni, shows her how to summon the spirit of her daughter because it worked, uh, and it worked for her. Uh, it worked for her son, and it worked for it worked for this woman's son and grandson, so then it worked for Annie to do it for her daughter, Charlie. What she did was basically awaken Charlie's spirit. I think this is all me making making it up as I go, or assuming what I'm what I'm seeing here. She awakens Charlie's spirit, and in doing so, probably shouldn't have done that because it turns out that Charlie's spirit is actually one of the kings of hell. I'm going. This is what how it ends. Okay, crazy stuff happens. Uh, um, Annie starts, you know, regressing because of this connection to the spirit world. The son starts regressing because of the spirit world. She goes through her her mother's stuff and she finds the same woman, Joni, with her mother and all these other weird people hanging out at parties. And you realize, oh my God, this woman knows my mother and obviously knows who I am. What the hell's going on? We go to this woman's house. She's knocking on the door. No one's there. My first thought was, oh my God, we're going to back up and we're going to see this woman's dead. She's just a victim but no, what we do is we see this weird triangle uh, that was burned into a table. We see the son, I think it's Peter, the son's photo on that table. And then we see a lot of the daughter's toys. So right away, I'm like, oh my God, she's targeting this family. This triangle we see was actually the same triangle we saw earlier in the movie with the um, in the grandmother's room when they showed that really quick. And... Again, we see this this like embroidered like thing that looks like three bodies, three ghosts or three angels or three women or three spirits or three witches. I don't know. It's like this weird logo, this weird emblem. We saw it on the mother, the grandmother's necklace. 
We also saw it really quick when they were driving to the party. We saw it on the the uh, light post, which I assume is the same light post that later lopped the daughter's head off, I think. So I'm thinking, was this whole thing planned? The the spirit, um, it, I mean, this is friggin', this is when shit gets really creepy and freaky. Uh, I, I And I'm just going off, I just saw the movie, I have wrote nothing down, I'm going off with memory alone, but things get creepier and creepier, and she real. I forget why she goes up in her basement or the attic, but she goes up in the attic and she sees her mother's headless body with candles around it. And she's freaking out. She tells her husband, we need to burn this notebook because his notebook was connected to Charlie. Somehow we've awakened something and it's all my fault. They're after Peter, blah, 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 blah. She finally burns the notebook, but she doesn't burn. Gabriel Gabriel Burns. Oh, that just sells itself. Uh, Gabriel Byrne burns to death. So he's dead. So now the son comes home, finds the, the dad, and then we see the mother like scurrying on the ceiling. So she's possessed by something. I'm guessing she's possessed by her mother. Um, the same time this kid thinks he's hearing from Charlie because Charlie makes this cluck noise. Uh, he sees this weird spirit light going around. He go. He ends up going up in the attic and not seeing the dead body, but he sees, first of all, creepily, he sees these weird people naked standing there. Then he looks up and sees his mother floating in the air, stabbing the hell out of herself, killing herself. What the hell is going on? He, oh, then he sees the people, all these like weird old people standing there naked. He freaks out and jumps out the window. I don't know if he's dead or what, but he jumps out the window. And then you see that spirit light pop into the, like kind of go into him. He gets up and he does a little cluck, a little, and then you realize, wait, or this is what I realize, the daughter's spirit is now in him. Now, earlier in the movie, uh, she goes, when she's going back and looking through her mother's stuff the second time, she sees something about um, this spirit or this God and it's always male, blah, 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 blah. And it was, that was, you know, I'm like, what the hell they're showing us that for? So they, what I didn't say is in the movie, you've seen it because I'm spoiling it. In the movie, they have this uh, tree house where sometimes the daughter would always hang out. And then once the daughter died, the, uh, Annie, the mother would sleep there a lot just to get away. Um, and you knew someone was up there because they'd always have a space heater on and this big red glow would show up. So as before Peter kind of wakes up now with Charlie in her in his body, we see uh, the mother, the the dead body of the mother, float up into the uh, into the treehouse. Then we see him climb up into the treehouse, and it's it's a big treehouse. Obviously, it's filled with naked people bowing. It's then you see his mother bowing, but she's like looks like she's dead. Then you look up and you see two dead, two decapitated bodies bowing at the front, one black and gross, I think that's the grandmother, and one with a lot of blood on it, which I assume is the daughter, Charlie. They dug her grave up. And this weird, like, golden-breasted, uh, you know, idol-type person. It's like in the shape of a person, but it's like an idol, like that you would pray to, a false god or something like that, uh, with, a, with one of the decapitated heads, which I assume is the daughter's head, but it could have been the grandmother's head. I don't know. 
with these weird crowns uh, of thorns and like metal crowns coming off it. Then you see this person and he kind of – in the whole time, the, 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 the son, who I assume is now possessed by the daughter, is taking this all in. But he's not reacting. He's just kind of staring while this like you just, this tense moment is happening. Then we see movement, but we never really leave him. So we don't know who this is, but I'm assuming it's the woman Joni. I think it was her voice. She moves up to the idol, takes something off the idol, and places it on his head. And basically says, Hail Painor, some weird god, I don't know, whatever the name is. And they said, um, you're now in your true form. You've rejected the female body and we have a male body for you. Uh, we reject the trinity. Uh, you are one of the gods of hell or the kings of hell. Hail Painor. And then everyone's like, Hail Painor or whatever, Painora. Uh, and everyone says that and that's when the movie ends. It kind of zooms back. You see everyone... Uh, bowing to him, her, him, whatever. And that's how the movie ends. Um, I think it was a group, it was a miniature model of the people because that was also a theme where the woman made miniatures and they kind of used those interspersed in the movie. Uh, She did miniature art. And I think that last scene was a miniature. Uh, I don't know if it was something that that she... uh, knew was coming or if it was just, you know, kind of an artsy fartsy choice. But so what I assume is this is the grandmother is in some weird cult. She figured out a way or she figured out that the granddaughter is this God, but in the wrong body. So they figure it out. They figure out a way for the daughter to be killed and the spirit to go into the sun so that the sun king of hell can now rule. I don't know the world. This movie was freaky. It went from it went from sad, suspenseful, scary to just downright freaky deaky. And I have to say, I loved it. I loved the freakiness of it, and I I hope you did too. Because I, I obviously spoiled it for you if you didn't see it already. I hope you enjoyed it. I think it was worth seeing, um, and I'm glad I saw it. Definitely uh, a, some amazing acting performances. So I can't re- recommend uh, Heredity. Uh, any more than I just did by just saying that I recommend it. See? Professional. And that's it for me. I'm actually talking into my microphone, into GarageBand. This is probably the best sounding podcast yet. What I realize is my phone, talking into my phone isn't that bad, but talking into my earbuds into my phone is what really sucks. So I'm going to try to avoid that going forward. But I just have to say, oh, I'm halfway there. It's day 15, and we are halfway there. So thank you guys for listening. We have 15 more movies to do in 15 more days and 15 more podcasts, so I hope you stick with me. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality, on Instagram at Geek Mentality, on Facebook at Fans Not Experts, and at FansNotExperts.com. The podcast is called Geek Mentality as well. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. You can find it, subscribe, like, review, or don't. And just, you know, ruin my day. That's fine, too. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I will talk to you again tomorrow because we have another day tomorrow, another movie tomorrow. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, here is my award-winning, not true, theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. 
Cause I'm kinda funny and awesome I think that I'm worth your time And I'm kinda handsome My mom says Please listen and Please subscribe At least listen to this episode Fast Non-Experts